Hello, and thank you for joining us on The Business Advantage. I am Alicia Pennington, your host and owner of Advantage Athletic Training. Today, we are continuing our four-part series on business plans. In our last episode, we talked about the idea phase of a business and different aspects to consider when in that phase. Today, we're taking that idea to the next level. We're going to start shopping it around and determining its true viability. If you have a business idea and think that you may benefit from doing some further brainstorming or need more understanding about where to start, go back and listen to number 16 before continuing on to this one. Let me start off by telling you that I have a very unpopular opinion when it comes to business plans, mostly because I'm really not a huge fan of them. Um, you know, in fact, I, I really don't like business plans very much at all. And so I plan to use this episode to help you understand what is the purpose and meaning of a business plan why would you need one if you would? And if you do decide to write one, what's the best route that you should take for what fits the needs of what you're doing in developing your business? According to the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, 12.3% of the adult U.S. population aged 18 to 64 is involved in some type of way in entrepreneurial activity. So that actually accounts for about 22 million Americans and about 60% of them are in this very beginning stages where they're brainstorming and figuring out what is the viability of my idea. So I say that because I think that these four episodes may be very critical in the development of a new idea for our product, for our profession. And so even though I have a little bit of an unpopular opinion, and I I hope that you'll understand why as I go through this episode, I do think that it's important to discuss business plans, where they come from, the idea of them, and that... We're doing this in order to bring some more legitimacy to your idea and, you know, attempting to determine the viability of it. So in this next stage of kind of the the business development phase, we're doing the preliminary work to actually write out a business plan. We're going to be gathering some answers and information that you'll need once you actually sit down to write the business plan, which is what we're going to discuss in the next episode. So that as we are going through it in an, in um, the next episode, we'll have already discussed a lot of these answers. And, you know, the, the business plan document is is kind of arduous and complicated. So the more that you can be prepared and, and have answers lined up and laid out going into it, the better off you're going to be. And hopefully it doesn't become as much of a hindrance of bringing your idea to fruition because that business plan stage can really, it, it can really be a hang up. Some of the literature out there and more of the formal education in business 
wouldn't necessarily recommend these steps in the way that I am presenting them. Usually a business plan is the very first thing that you do. And as you're kind of working through it, you start to gather information and do some market research. And I'm encouraging you to do it in the exact opposite um, stage. And so I, I want you to understand that the reason I'm telling you though to do it this way is from my own experience. I sat down and, you know, I, I read all the literature and, and thought, okay, I need to have a strong business plan in place. And, you know, I can't do any kind of business until I have all of these answers. And, um, you know, I, at first I, I felt really ambitious about writing this document because I thought if it is you know, a, a strong foundation for me to start out on, then of course my business will be prosperous. You know, if it says it on this paper, then it's going to happen in real life. And so I spent months and months and months, you know, researching and, and looking for answers and talking to people and really trying to put this document together. And after a while, I kind of just became disengaged in actually wanting to start my company because I felt so weighed down with having to complete this document. And quite honestly, there's numerous aspects of it that I didn't have answers to and all the research in the world wouldn't give me answers to because I kind of just had to do it in order to figure out what was going to happen. And so I finally got to a point where I said to myself, all right, what is this document actually going to do for me when I start doing business? And I asked myself that question and I had a hard time coming up with an answer. Yes, I was able to write down some policy and I, have, I had a little bit of procedure put in place, but the areas of the document that I couldn't fill in I wasn't going to be able to fall back on that should I find myself in a, in a business situation that I needed answers to. This document wasn't going to give me those answers. And so I finally came to the conclusion for myself that, okay, I've got enough of these answers figured out and I'm far enough along in my thinking and development of my thought process to start actually doing business without having a fully rendered business plan. And so by doing that, I was able to test out my theories a little bit and, and gain some real world education that then lended itself back to my business plan. And I, I realized, you know, after about a year, I went back and looked at it and thought, my gosh, like, how did I ever think that this was a realistic policy or that the procedure of that was even going to be feasible? So the reason why I'm giving you the steps the way that I am is because I think that real life and real world application are very applicable when it comes to developing a business plan. And I don't want you, especially if you have a very unique and original idea in a space that isn't that well developed, I don't want you to get hung up on this business plan phase and never really be able to test out your idea simply because you're looking at a document. 
You know, just like in athletic training, there's only so much that you can research and read from a book to understand how things work. But until you actually put your hands on the patient and you learn by doing, you don't really acquire the true knowledge. And it's the same thing in developing an idea and, and starting a business or, you know, bringing some, getting something off the ground. You can sit behind a computer all you want, but you really aren't going to be doing yourself justice and, and really seeing if the idea has true viability until you actually do it. This Forbes article stated it so well. It says, if the business plan is the first big step taken along the entrepreneurial path, the prospective entrepreneur is faced with a mountain of questions that cannot be answered just yet. What happens when we can't answer all the questions? We get frustrated. We give up. We procrastinating on writing the plan in a world that has historically educated us to write a plan before we take action. It continues on to say, the goal is to start and do something to see if the opportunity can or should really be turned into a business. Of course, the byproduct of starting and acting is that you will collect real data that can later be used if you need to eventually write that formal business plan. And I honestly, I just couldn't agree more with this topic, with this idea. And so again, I'm going to have a little bit of an unpopular opinion about this, but I hope that by listening to this, you're a little bit more encouraged to bring your idea to fruition and not let the formal education and what you've always been told and what we've always been taught about what it takes to start a business or bring an idea off the ground. And you'll hear this and think, okay, maybe there is some, some truth and maybe there's an opportunity for me to do this without being bogged down with the business planning phase. Advantage has teamed up with SoCal Youth Rugby to provide athletic trainers at all matches from Orange County to San Luis Obispo. If you are in Orange County, Los Angeles County, San Bernardino, Santa Barbara, or San Luis Obispo areas and looking for contract work on the weekends, visit our website, theadvantage.com for more info and to apply. So then, what does it mean to plan? Planning is defined as to arrange a method or scheme beforehand. In an an entrepreneur.com article stated it best, part of planning your plan is planning what to do with it. So simply meaning knowing what you need out of your business plan is going to help us determine what you should be planning for in this phase. Before we get too deep into this, you kind of need to do a little bit of soul searching and introspection with yourself. Developing and running a business is equal parts rewarding and frustrating. And so you owe it to yourself to take an internal inventory right now of your passion for this project. 
If this is not something that you are excited to come home and, you know, work on your free time in and, you know, it's not something that's really, you know, keeping you up at night and, and lighting a fire under you, it's probably best to just kind of leave it alone for right now. Because once we start to dive into this, it can kind of become very technical and, and not as fun. So it's important that your, your heart is in this and that you're passionate about it. Otherwise, it might kind of start to get the best of you, and I wouldn't want that for you. So just take a moment to, to make sure that this is something that you really kind of want to dive into and you're truly interested and passionate about it. With that said, let's first start by asking what is the purpose of your business plan? For example, will this be a fun hobby that you work on in your spare time? Will it be a project that you plan to grow so that you can leave your current job and work full time doing this? Or are you more interested in developing it just enough to sell it off and kind of make some quick cash? So let's dive into a couple of these different options and talk about maybe some different intentions that you may have with this business plan and how you can kind of shape what you're doing in this preliminary phase towards what you intend to do with your business and your business plan. So one, do you intend to use your plan to raise money? This is the most popular and most uh, true, if you will, reason that a business plan needs to be de- needs to be developed. So, if you are going to need money, if you have a product that uh, needs to be developed, or you're going to need a storefront, or um, you know, there's any number of reasons why somebody would need money to start their business, then. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to take my advice and just skip the business plan because this is the number one document that a loan officer is going to want to see before they give you any money. Now, with that said, let me give you a little bit of my own opinion about borrowing money to start a company. I think that if at all possible, you should avoid taking out loans and borrowing money to start a business. I would encourage you to be creative in trying to figure out how to work out of your own home, utilize free resources, call in some favors, and see what you can do about doing this in the least amount of financially impactful way. I'm not really a proponent of starting a company in debt. I think that, you know, dumping a bunch of money, whether it's your own or some that you're borrowing into a business or leaving your own job to start a company is extremely risky. I am a firm believer in making the idea prove itself to you, proving that it has viability, proving that there's a market, proving that people are willing to pay for it 
before you do anything that jeopardizes your own kind of well-being and financial stability. So I will talk to you and give you some, um, you know, ways that you can borrow money and uh, all of that kind of stuff. But I thought that I would be remiss if I didn't at least try to encourage you to look at other options prior to diving into some debt. So with that said, sometimes there is no way to avoid borrowing money to fund your idea. So if this is the case, then understand that when your idea has not made any money yet, the only real power that you have to to give or the only real incentive that is at your fingertips to give away is either equity in your idea or potential profit down the line. So... If you intend to borrow money, then your business plan and your planning are crucial because it is how potential investors are going to determine the strength and viability of your business idea. So again, with that said, they're going to be investing money in the potential of your idea, of your product. And the only way to prove to them what the potential is, is by developing this business plan extremely thoroughly because you want to give them as good of an idea as possible about what this product's potential is. If this is the direction that you're gonna need to go in, here are a few different types of investors that you can consider. Again, this is one of those... I'm going to give you a quick and dirty. I could probably spend an entire podcast on topping, talking about different type of investors that are out there. So if you hear this and you want to go in this direction, obviously do all the research in the world about which one of these would fit you. But I did want to kind of give everybody a, uh, a quick idea of the different types of investment options that are available. So One is what's called a venture capitalist or VCs, and they essentially provide private equity to mostly startups and small businesses. And those those areas that a VC will invest in are typically deemed to have high growth potential. You hear a lot about venture capitalists in relation to technology. Um, you know, in the Silicon Valley, there's a ton of venture capitalist uh, firms. So that's one of your options. A second option is what's called angel investors. And these are people who invest money in your business, but aren't necessarily looking for a return on investment. They could be retired people. They could be people who um, maybe have an ethical or a moral reason to invest in what you're doing. And so they kind of give you money out of the goodness of their heart. And they may or may not be involved in the operations. Um, angel investors can be, you know, friends and family or just people who are, are altruistically, uh, involved in, in what you're doing. Another option is what's called an incubator. 
Now, this is less about funding and kind of more about resources. Think about an incubator and how it, um, you know, refers to babies or, um, you know, uh, small animals, for example, that have to go into incubators. So they essentially provide life support and, and they, they protect, if you will, um, you know, the, the viability of, of uh, an animal or a human who uh, can't fend for themselves. So take that and in, in relate it over to a business idea. This is essentially a place to kind of grow your idea that is resource rich, but is going to be a lot less expensive than what you would normally have to pay for for those resources. So it could be anything from mentorship to um, uh, office space or, um, you know, kind of anything along those lines. So again, less about funding, more about resources. Then there is the uh, crowdfunding, which has become really popular. This is the Kickstarters and the GoFundMe campaigns. And this is um, typically something that is pledged in return for the money. Very rarely is it equity or future profit in the company. This is more of, um, you know, you'll get uh, the first release or you'll get uh, a signed card from the owner or something along those lines. If you're not familiar with this kind of stuff, just go on to kickstarter.com and just look at any number of the things on there. And you'll see that, you know, if, if you pledge different dollar amounts, you essentially get something in return. So, uh, you know, this is something where you don't necessarily have to give up your equity, but another way to raise funds. And then the most traditional and probably longest standing uh, option here is the loan. So you could essentially go to a local uh, bank or credit union and take out a small business loan, which basically is just debt. You don't have any equity or future profit necessarily tied to it. Um, but of course, you would be using your future profit to pay off that debt. So, you know, regardless of which route that you would take for acquiring funds, if that is the direction that you're going to need to go in, then your business plan will need to have a clearly focused strategy on how it is going to make money. Okay, so another option of what you can use your business plan for is to kind of attract people to your idea. So maybe you don't need funding, but more of what you need is a rich personnel department. So sometimes a business plan can be utilized to help you recruit smart and highly skilled personnel. Not everyone is necessarily looking to make a ton of money up front. Some people are very motivated to work with a startup company, even if it is for less money from a salary perspective, because there's a lot of potential growth, not only for the idea, but then with the company. So if you intend for your idea to be able to hit mass market penetration or to grow very quickly, you should focus on aspects of your business plan, such as marketing and scalability strategy. Let's say that you have a really great idea that 
maybe doesn't need a whole lot of money to develop, but you need a highly specialized engineer to, uh, you know, kind of uh, sketch it out and, and bring it to fruition. So this is an, an example of an area where when you're going to acquire that engineer, you want to be able to show them this is the potential of where the company could go, and this is my idea of how to market it, and this is where you would be involved. And by that, they would say, okay, well, I'm willing to take a little bit a little bit less money on the front end because I know that, hey, maybe I could get a patent out of this, or there's a lot of potential really quick growth right beyond the initial stages. Identifying your growth potential and how certain types of personnel can help you reach that potential will be very appealing to young professionals, people who are uh, more eager and kind of, you know, fresh, fresh out of school. So, you know, let's say perhaps that you need a physician to kind of oversee your idea, but you know, being a startup, you don't necessarily have funds to pay them for their time. Well, maybe your idea provides a community outreach and this physician is intrinsically motivated to kind of give back to the community that they are a part of, not asking for money in return because they would be fulfilled by the altruistic aspects of it instead. So being able to articulate a plan for your idea will actually grant you the opportunity to secure that physician. So again, this is kind of more developing the business plan, in an effort to recruit certain types of personnel. And then going back to the marketing and uh, thinking back to those four P's that we discussed during the marketing podcast, let's say, for example, that you'll need a lawyer's assistance in the development of your idea. And you happen to know a young attorney who loves sports. Well, maybe your idea could put them in front of athletes that they wouldn't otherwise have access to, and then they would be able to advertise their services in conjunction with your product. So again, just kind of looking at how you can optimize the potential of your product to acquire different types of personnel to assist you in the development of it. As Alan Williams, the co-author of The 31 Practices states, business plans can be helpful tools to clarify business activities, but they encourage entrepreneurs to focus on what they are going to do. This overlooks two more important questions. Why, why it exists and why employees would want to get out of bed in the morning to work with you and how the values of the business, what it stands for, how people representing the business will behave. So focusing on the people part of your business plan, as opposed to the money part, this is another option for you in how you want to develop your plan and what will be the needs once you're bringing it to fruition. And now a third option that you have with your business plan is to essentially intend to use it as a compass for your idea. Um, you know, I think that a business plan at minimum 
should be a compass. And in fact, this is where mine started and pretty much has remained for advantage. We, you know, thankfully didn't need funding. Um, and you know, in terms of recruiting personnel, uh, it was more of the idea that did that instead of my business plan. So again, as, as Alan Williams stated, entrepreneurs should take the time to identify and articulate their business's core values and purpose, which will serve as your organization's compass for decision-making at all levels. And so that is kind of where I spent most of my time in working on this business plan. You know, of course, after I banged my head against the wall on all the other aspects of it. But if you don't necessarily need funding, if you don't need a bunch of highly trained personnel, if this is sort of more just an idea that needs to get brought to market, then I would encourage you focusing more on this kind of moral compass side of things. What are the different policies that you want to do? Uh, what are some of the procedures? And and really, you know, what is the vision? And, and what are the core values and the purpose of why you're spending time on this idea. And, you know, really, especially for me, um, when you're, when you're in a kind of unique market or a very niche product, the market and, and the demand of it are, are not necessarily going to be there from a research and collected data perspective. And for me, I had such little knowledge in how to write a business plan. And, you know, obviously outside of what I could find on the internet and the few workshops that I went to that I really just didn't see any further value in spending time on developing the plan when so much of the questions that it was asking me, I just didn't really need to find answers to. So creating a vision for your idea will help you to identify what some of the other details will be. And, and having those core values and the purpose of what you're doing, I personally think is the most important takeaway from this episode and getting into actually developing your business plan. Of course, you know, if you need the funding, if you need to recruit personnel, go ahead and focus on those ideas. But for me, what, what holds true and what really resonates with me in terms of the next phase after your idea and before you get to the business plan is identifying what this means to you. And more so if you're kind of unsure about what you want this idea to be or where you kind of want it to go, then creating a vision for yourself will kind of help to identify what those other details will be. You know, for, for example, if you plan to keep this as a hobby um, versus selling it, for example, then your growth outlook and your marketing plans are, are going to differ greatly. So Again, if you can figure out for yourself where you want to go with this, then it can help you find the answers and develop the, uh, you know, the wording and all that kind of stuff for your business plan for the other parts of it. 
So, you know, my thought in all of this is that there's no real point in spending a boatload of time on developing a formal business plan if you're not even sure that there's really even a market for your idea. You know, much of how we acquire data and research in athletic training is by testing new ideas. And, you know, furthermore, being in an evidence-based profession, we have to rely on either the work that others have done already or to test new ideas out ourselves. So imagine, for example, that you came up with like a new rehab idea. Would it make more sense to sit and write out an entire plan on what it will look like, how to develop it, how to use it, the clientele, all of that kind of stuff? Or would it make more sense to maybe test it out on a few patients, determine how it could be implemented well, and then sit down and and kind of write out, okay, this is what we did, this is what worked, this is what didn't work. You know, it, it just to me makes a whole lot more sense to road test your business idea before expending time and energy and resources on writing out a plan and doing it in the reverse order. In, in my research for this podcast, I, I saw this written in a Forbes article and I thought it was so cool. So I wanted to share it with all of you because I sure wish that it existed when I was in college. And um, if I have any uh, college listeners out there or people that are, you know, maybe in the high school and considering going to college and doing this, I thought it was really cool, so I wanted to share it. Um, Michael Schneider, president of McPherson College, recently co-founded iCollegeCrowd. It is an online experiential learning platform for college students. Schneider and his team identify companies with pressing challenges and match students to these challenges. There is no existing data to help solve these challenges. The students have to take action in the real world, collect relevant data, and use that data to design and develop solutions for the company's challenges. In many ways, this is the antithesis of business plan writing. The process here is do, then learn. The business plan teaches us to learn, then do. The only way to learn when we don't know what to do is simply to act. Even Michael Schneider, a college president and entrepreneur, did not write a business plan for iCollegeCrowd. He saw the lack of experiential learning opportunities in higher education as a significant problem talked to lots of people, and then developed a beta platform. He says, we need to think about planning differently. We still need to be thoughtful and able to articulate our idea. But rather than writing about it, you need to go out and do something. We need to be more curious and experimental. I thought that that just perfectly summed up what we've talked about here and is a little bit of, of evidence for those who are listening that 
maybe I'm not such a wacko. Um, and maybe there is some actual truth and viability to what I'm saying about going out, testing it, doing it a little bit, being experimental and curious before sitting down to write the business plan. With that said, I want you to take some time to determine whether your idea is going to be able to fulfill the vision that you have of it. It's better to determine at this stage that there is very little viability or sustainability to your idea than to exert energy developing a business plan for it. This is the stage where you need to make decisions. It's less about following steps and more about determining what this will be for you. If you can't make these decisions for yourself at this stage, I personally would hold off on approaching the business plan, which is what we will discuss in the next episode. Thank you for listening. If you've learned something on today's podcast, please share it with a colleague. We could all benefit from better understanding how business plans affect our ideas and the role they play in continuing your idea development. On our next podcast, we will be discussing the formal document of a business plan. Don't get scared. I'll break down the components of it and make things digestible. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at The Advantage. If you have questions regarding what we've spoken about here, use the hashtag Q&AT or show us how you're developing your idea with hashtag That's Business. Thank you to Mr. Logistics for the music you've heard throughout.